And then you have people that are just like nice, plain, simple tone colors, but that's because who they are and that's what works for them, you know? So there's no right or wrong way. I mean, <laughs> I say that, but there's definitely a wrong way of wearing clothes. <laughs> so We've all seen it. <laughs> what we do here is go back, 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 back. And we're back. And we're back. With another episode of the Bros and Brews podcast. Episode 26, and it's another super special episode. And and tell the people out there why why that is, Matt. What's special about this week? It's, uh, it's a special episode because we're in the same room. We're in the same room <laughs> for the second time. It's, 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 a weird, it's a weird weird knowing that it's only the second time. We've been in the same room for a recording before. It's weird. Like we, we get so used to the way that we have to, we do this and Mm. like we say, we use Facebook video chat and we get so comfortable with the Monday. Mm. It's so even way more episodes. Cause when was the last time that we did it? Like seven, eight? Yes. Yeah. It's definitely in the first 10 episodes. Definitely. And even after having done like 15 more, this still feels weird. Yeah. No, I agree. Something to <laughs> yeah. look at. We get used to like, I'm doing my big hand gestures and they feel massive because Matt's right here. But it's fun. It's exciting. And this week's, this week's, it's going to be a great episode. But first off, I've got to ask, how are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm, thank you for asking. It is, it is nice to be uh, away from Auckland, down here in Wellington, seeing friends not having to worry about anything at the moment. It's it's a it's a it's a really it's nice. It's just nice. I've been waiting for it for so long, you know, yeah. for a bit of time off. And especially coming back to see come down here and see you and stuff. So Cuz how long has it been since you've it must be over 6 months, right? No, since I left March. So, so it's almost 8 months. November. Which I guess is easily the longest amount of time you've been away from wellington since you moved to wellington and i guess that would have like wellington became your home and now not being your home like matt and i caught up for a few a few brews on on saturday (laughs) night we we won't go into any more details about that but i was asking him like what's it like being back in back in a city that was your home for such an extended period of time and then it's not anymore and just it's such a weird mental space right because you remember all the stuff yeah and and when you're in the different city you i mean do you are you a visual person like can you very much when you think of wellington when you're in auckland do you mm. like visualize yeah, streets see it. and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and then when you get there and you see the stuff you're like yeah oh some of this is how i remembered and some of it's how it's it was it's it not. was yeah it was so weird um i think yeah the biggest kind of visual thing i had was i was on the bus coming down glenmore street oh yeah I, when i was coming down off a saturday night and just being on that bike i lived on glenmore street for a few years so being back on that bus going down the same road having those same sensory feelings and overload of everything it was kind of just like man i i am back here mm. and that's mm. that's that's strange well welcome welcome back man we're we're <laughs> as as chief welcome committee member of the city welcome back it's so thank nice you. to have you here thank you and and so nice to be doing the the podcast in in person because what two out of 26 27 if you count the pilot true and we do count the pilot we can't we, it's there yeah it's just it's so different to do this in person but we're excited because today's today's topic which we won't we won't dive into just yet it has massive links into into being in the same space as people and mm. and visuals and mm. all that sort of stuff. But um, you've been on a holiday. Have you been watching more TV, less TV? 
more movies anything anything off the top of your head that that you've been wanting to watch or that you've you've ticked over you've seen borat right i've seen borat i watched borat Borat. yeah i watched it and i i thoroughly enjoyed it Mm -hmm. Uh, i've i've always enjoyed borat i've always enjoyed sash baraconan um and bruno and stuff for for some reason i can watch bruno quite happily and enjoy myself i don't know why but i think it's just brilliant um and yeah borat too it's definitely like that same like you know very much like the first one Mm. but it's still its own like sequel and you know what it's trying to do and stuff um i thought yeah the story was good and then just seeing america or him having borat having to deal with a, a trump america was very fascinating very entertaining so i never explained to to matt my experience of watching borat 2 and it was just like it was possibly the least successful (laughs) watching of a film that i've ever had um i was a friend tom and i were like all right we're gonna meet up and we're gonna watch this um and we you know we're gonna he has amazon prime so like we'll watch it on amazon prime we just went through all these different stages of it said we couldn't watch it in New Zealand on Amazon mm. Prime, which mm. you obviously can. Yep. And then he, you know, even like researching online, you VPN, that, that's basically we could, it took us so long to be able to get it on Amazon Prime New Zealand. Eventually we got around to it. And then we had all sorts of issues with like not being out, like the subtitles not loading. Basically, we ended up watching the film without the subtitles. And I mean, it's not really much of a spoiler to say that there's more yeah. of the, the in, in quotation marks, Kazakh language in, yeah. this, in this film. And so I felt like we missed quite a lot of the um, the, the storyline between Bora and his, and his, his daughter, daughter yeah. which is kind of at the heart of, of the film. Definitely. We still really, really enjoyed it. But man, Amazon Prime, New Zealand... <laughs> You need to sort your game sort out, it out because man. it was. Uh, sort it, out. it felt like we only watched seventy five percent of of the film, and even after we tried to figure out like why all the stuff wasn't working in New Zealand and America, I still really enjoyed it. Um, but we definitely felt like we missed out on yeah. some of the the more touching moments that were probably what made this a different film than the mm, first. Because it is, it sure. is oh, quite different, definitely, right? It's, definitely. I mean, what, it's 12 years or a really long time since a long the first time. one. Yeah. I think Borat's been such a, a part of not only Sacha Baron Cohen's career, but it's such a well-known character mm. from pop culture. Like mm. maybe the most, easily in the top 50 most, you know, recognizable characters of, of films. And to do, I think he probably had to do something different, but I have, I mean, I have been sitting on this little gem that I want to talk, talk to you about, about the film. Tell me. Did you find it strange? I mean, did you find it that the film felt like a film of two different parts? As in like the, the real world, him going into situations compared to him and the daughter stuff? More, I guess... I guess when you watched it, did you did you feel like it was a start to end, finished product, whole whole movie? I'm not I'm not leading you in any direction, but did you have any thoughts when it finished about going like, oh, this was a bit choppy or anything? Mm, no, no. Okay, first in, yeah, first instincts. I'm I'm gonna say no. No, I think just because I was actually kind of I was entertained to the point where. I wasn't trying to overthink what I was watching too yeah. much. Yeah. Like there's, there's so much going on in the movie in the sense of that real world 
you know the the reality of it with yeah. everyone that i was kind of just so enthralled in the sense of like i can't believe they've just done that yeah i can't, I can't believe there's people out there that are like saying this and thinking this so i guess i didn't really i didn't really look at it as a as a whole cinematic right working experience which I think is good because you yeah, sit and you yeah. enjoy the movie and you, exactly you don't and i think that's it. exactly what i just did i just didn't enjoyed it for what it was so the reason i ask is because i think probably because tom and i had such a struggle with amazon prime it was quite a a stop start yeah. a movie watching experience we just sit down and press play mm. but what i sort of realized after we finished watching it was i, I went i think the first half of the film was way more like the like the original mm. very much yes. in the he returns to america the shtick that shtick and then the second half felt felt like it really had to lean into something different yeah because it was trying to go somewhere yeah yeah and i think and i mean this is just me spitballing i haven't done massive amounts of research on it the scene where all of a sudden, I mean, this is, I guess, spoiler territory. It's not going to ruin the film for you. But the scene where it's like COVID happens. Yes. It's like, why is everyone inside? Yeah. And I went, I remember when I watched that bit, I was like, oh, that's a bit jolting. And I think probably that up until that point was the movie that they intended to make. Uh... And they filmed, again, this is just my guess, that they filmed all that stuff. Coronavirus happens and they have to adapt the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because if you think about the ending, and again, we're not going to spoil mm-hmm. that, but if you think mm-hmm. about how the ending reflect on the start of the film and how long the filming process takes, mm. I was like, they must not, they can't have come up with that True. at the start of filming. And the real little gem that I had was I went, ah, when I was in London, I had a friend from Bristol come and stay on on our couch Mm -hmm. to go to the embassy to go and get try and apply for american working visa and this was in november or october and she then when she came back after that she's like you'll never guess who was at the embassy sasha baron cohen Ah. and i went well if he was getting his visa back then to go and make the film which probably started filming in like november or december or january at least before march yeah this was always a pre-covid film and you start a project not knowing everything that's happening and because it's you know it's not a this is not a closed set film it's no like an in it's, public yeah, film yeah, yeah and at least some parts of it are done you know genuinely with members of the public not in an acted sense i was like man he must have just written this film and then everything happened and just had to finish the film in yeah. a certain way and tom and i were talking about this afterwards and i was like that's really fascinating to think about you start a project you have an idea for a plot you're filming it and all of a sudden you have to just completely change what's happening. I think like Borat is interesting as a, you know, some of those scenes are clearly acted, you know, there's clearly a script and it's character work. And then some of them seem to be genuine experiences with people that don't necessarily not know they're being filmed, but you know, they they seem, you know, as with the original, there are definitely people who didn't know kind of what was, what was happening. That's why he does disguises and all that sort of stuff. But I was just sitting there afterwards and I was like, huh, I know for a fact Sasha Baron Cohen had his visa here and that time of year, which means (laughs) they must've had two films. Ah." That's true. That's, I I didn't think about it like that. I didn't think about it like that, but that makes, that makes total sense though, because yeah, I mean, coronavirus happened. I mean, of course it changed things. Yeah. But like you said, I think that's a beautiful thing about Sasha Baron Cohen and Borat in that sense of, 
adaptability and improv improvisation you know Mm. you can't just kind of roll with that because i that scene that scene with the frying pan Mm. and he's trying to get the corona man that's funny and it's (laughs) in a sense like if that was the case it's all kind of improv and ability to continue writing a story and find ways around like i actually enjoyed the second half more than the first half Mm. and the way that the film ends i thought was was brilliant i was like that's genius but there's no way he could have come up with that in december (laughs) because as we know the world wasn't the same place in december so true so true i definitely need to go back and rewatch it with uh with the subtitles i recommend but but the um that sort of like ah this can't have happened with that i i enjoyed from a sort of pretending to be on the inside of like (laughs) the borat to 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 filming um and i've been sitting on that for a few weeks because i wanted to be like guess what i know this thing (laughs) but um but but yeah i I think i think it was a pretty a pretty strong sequel and sequels are always hard oh sequels the hardest of course i mean people expect so much and when it doesn't meet those expectations it's like this is crap yeah i mean off off the top of my head best sequels i feel like toy story 2's up there um some people prefer two towers to i i do fellowship yeah, i do like two towers myself it's pretty it's pretty hard to to meet the expectations of if you're of a successful franchise unless mm. unless there's somewhere like the first film's been terrible and the seconds yeah well i mean what, what would you say in the sense of chamber of secrets philosopher's stone I think because they're part of a... A bigger thing. Because they're part of a bigger thing and because they are, at least in the most part, kind of true to source material. Mm, mm, mm. It feels less of a... Trying to compete more, like, keep it going. Yeah, like, I can say which film I prefer more and I can say which book I prefer more. And they're probably both number one, but I don't think two fail to live up to one, if that makes sense. sense. I think Godfather's a big one where people... Mm. tend to think the second the first is great and the second is even better but i haven't seen them so i can't i, can't, I haven't seen them either it's all right i'm with you there bro. i can't comment um but <laughs> we'll, we'll move on into into this week's question which will lead us us nicely on uh into mm-hmm. into the main topic for this week and my question is this um in terms of aesthetic yeah. your personal aesthetic yes if you could try a look Ooh. with no consequences no trial time like if it takes time to adapt to something yep, or grow yep, something yep, yep. and if it doesn't work you can change back to how you look right now in an instant what look would you want to try Ooh, oh that's good um <laughs> it would the first thing that comes to me is something that has it's on trend at the moment and a lot of people are doing it and I feel like I, I would want to, but then I, I it's, it's doing it and running the risk of actually being like, Oh, I hate this. And that's the thing. Exa- that, that's exactly. always the thing with yeah. stuff is like, what if I hate it and I have to change or it takes me a long time to redevelop or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Exactly. I'm giving you no consequences. No, no, no. And I like that. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, it's um, going, trying platinum. Platinum. Oh, yeah. 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 So define platinum for me is so like it's like the kind of bond? yeah it's not quite white it's almost that kind of silvery uh, yeah silvery white i guess i'm looking what, yeah i'm looking the, around the looking room around the like are there anything that color yeah. um, but so it's it's within the blonde sphere but further away from yellow and closer yeah. to 
gray. gray. Yeah, Interesting. exactly. Yeah. Why that color? Why? I don't know. I've just been seeing it around a lot. And there's this one influencer that I follow and, and he did it. And I never thought he would ever do anything like that. And mm. I saw him and I was like, man, he actually pulls that off really mm. well. Um, and yeah, I've always wanted to do it. Would you do... Is that a full head look or just nah, like full. top and mid? Nah, full oh, head. Interesting. Like the whole thing. But then I wouldn't know how it would look with like my slight ginger in my beard. Mm, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to picture it. But you would look so different. I know, so different. You would look. I've never put any color through my hair before. Interesting. I, I have once, and I'll get onto that okay, we'll later. Go, we'll go. I'll get onto that later. But it was a long time ago. It wasn't, it wasn't significant. Um. I feel like at the moment there's lots of people who the the light color through the middle mm. and dark on the sides is yeah. very particularly with like rugby players in New Zealand, but also also basketballs, American football players and stuff. Colors are always going to be a big one, right? Of because course. it it means there is such a you're making a decision for your hair for a while. And not that I would know, but from what people tell me, it's like it's not. There's never any going back. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. do some kind of semi permanent change damage but it's but it's consequence free i promise that's free i'm here Um, i'm fine my one and i've always i've always wanted to do this and i keep wishing that it will happen for a role Mm. like for a a Mm -hmm. character to take away the i made this decision for myself yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. because you want like oh i had to do this which is the which is the fear (laughs) of of changing your aesthetic and and it not working which is entirely what we want to talk about today but what I would really like to try is the very, very short hair and grow my beard out look. Ah, uh, yeah. Like so, a, like a, I was going to say Walter White, but not, not goatee, more like big beard, like beard. Yeah, I think beard. it's just the ratio of more hair on my face yeah, than on so my on your head. head. Yeah. Um, I can't think off the top of my head of any people who have, have, I'm thinking like Bradley Cooper, American sniper type, but I don't know how uh, short his haircut was. Well, they've got buzz cuts. Yeah, so so not not bald on top, but no, like short enough that short. it's, it's yep. and and having enough facial hair on the front that you kind of end up with that sort of narrow, sort of narrow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've always just wanted to to take it all off yeah. off the top and 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 see what that looks like. I don't think I will. <laughs> maybe I, I maybe I should. Hey, but, consequence free. It is consequence free. Um, the blonde is another thing I think yeah. of hair color, but I also just I think I've realized I don't think it would suit me. Mm. Um, I think the it's, platinum thing will, would suit you. I say will meaning will. Whereas I I would hope that the the shortening my hair and growing the beard would change the dimensions of my upper half yeah, yeah, in a yeah. way that would be interesting no to i explore. get what you mean I particularly mean. if i put on some weight you know if yeah. it was for a role or something yeah. no I, I i mean i i'm sure we'll dive into this very soon but i do the same with my beard i like having more at the front on my chin because it narrows my face out a little bit more yeah and that, otherwise if i don't have that i'm very round mm. Mm. but also speaking to what you said about roles is i don't like baby face yeah but i'll happily do baby face for a role because I know it's just not what I will do in every day. So yeah. then going baby yeah. face for a role is kind of yeah. like, yep, I'm in this now. Yeah. That's not me. <laughs> yeah. That's for the craft. <laughs> well, we'll come, we'll come back to our personal preferences on things. But if it wasn't massively obvious, um, we'll make it obvious. Today, continuing our uh, Movember Mental Health Month, we, we wanted to spend some time today talking about 
male aesthetic and visuals and and fashion and clothes and and weight and facial hair and all that sort of stuff that I think is a key part of mental health and and how we feel about ourselves oh, yeah. and obviously your 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 visual and how you choose to go out into the world versus how you are at home all of that stuff and and feeling good about yourself yep. versus feeling not good about yourself yep. so much of that is is down to aesthetic i think that's where the whole movember movement um resides is in that making a clear aesthetic choice and showing people that you're part of something um, and and not being afraid of of the consequences or what that might mean for how people think about you. Um, yeah. I did a little bit of research about the Movember Foundation because what I realized was I have no idea why the, the Mo moustache thing was where it came from, yeah. like why it was a part. Um, and so the Movember Foundation was first started in 2003 uh by two guys called travis and luke in melbourne australia yeah um and i think part a key part of it was them just talking about could they bring the mo back Mm -hmm. so in 2003 Mm -hmm. i mean i don't really remember 2003 no um (laughs) it must have been that mustaches had been so far removed from like popular aesthetic for such a long time and it must be in all like the mm. 60s and 70s you know all, all through the 20th century i think they were quite yep. big and then they must have dropped dropped out they're certainly not a key part of like 90s, 90s culture yeah and so these two guys i think part of their discussing and I, I don't know how much part mental health and stuff was in 2003 but it was this thing of like can we bring the mo back mm. and it's weird for us to think that what 17 years ago what we would consider quite a key look now oh, for well sure. removed from from november it's quite common to see you know men whether they're 20 or like 45 like it's a it's a key look right and mm. you wouldn't ever be surprised but i guess back then that wasn't so much of a thing and i think as the movember foundation grew bringing uh something back like a look that no one else was kind of doing on their own at least not in massive people became a clear statement of like why do they have a moustache <laughs> because they're doing it for this thing yeah. i think when you fast forward to where we are now if you're aware of how you know uncommon it was back then it actually shows how big that movement it has worked. been yeah. and it's i mean who knows how you can't it's pretty hard to track like was it 80 percent november it, that yeah, did this, was it just was it this? Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like that's where that's where it comes from and mm. i was fascinated to go back and see that that all those years ago, I guess we're just by default, unless you're a fashion student or you're well aware of, you know, nineties movies and stuff. It just wasn't a thing. And mm. now it really has become a part of what people consider acceptable looks, I yeah. suppose. And oh, I think yeah. that links into everything we want to discuss now. We're like facial hair as in twenty twenty and how the Movember movement has changed changed all of that. I mean, do you remember when you first grew a mo a facial mo? hair yes. did you win yeah win i do and... i was in high school mm-hmm. well i mean to be honest actually i started probably growing facial hair at a, at a very young age i was a very early bloomer myself gotta gotta admit i uh i got very big very fast and uh i had facial hair very fast um but robust I'm... soil on your face yeah really, yeah, yeah. Really <laughs> well no it was the whole like uh, it was growing but it was still wispy like you know still very wispy and i think i didn't get to the point where i was you know properly shaving it off and then when i got to high school i think it was more of those teachers being like hey you know we've got to be you know 
clean face. Get that slug off your lip. Yeah, you. and I'm, I'm there like, oh, okay, like I've never had to do this before, but yeah, I'll do it. But think of the girls, sir. <laughs> but the, <laughs> but the more and more I did it, obviously, the more and more it grew. Mm. You know, because the more the more you shave, the more it grows. It, is is that true? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure because it's because it's the whole you're opening up the pores and the and the hair follicles and things like that. It's almost like massaging it. You know, I, I've heard mixed mixed reviews and theories theories on that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, because it made so much sense to me for a long time. Yeah. But I feel like I've also seen in recent years people go. I think I think the thought is like if you shave it it doesn't come like bounding on exponentially and like 10 yeah. times as much. It probably does encourage more growth, but yes. people being like, oh, I don't want to take it off because it will be back tomorrow. I don't like, <laughs> that's not the case. No, no, no. Okay. 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 I get, I get you. I get you. Um, but no, I remember, I remember a few instances, actually the biggest memory I probably have about uh, with my early facial hair is being at school in high school and the Dean coming up to me and he gave me, or I think he told me to go to the office and he gave me a two bladed razor and was like, now, and I didn't have any soap. I didn't have anything, nothing. He just gave me a two blade razor and I had to go into the bathrooms and clean my face. That's like borderline abuse. I don't know. It's like <laughs> having an electric razor, which people can use. Yeah. yeah. It was horrible. It was horrible. Two blades. I did. I think I did end up just using some soap, which oh probably wasn't God. very good for my skin. It is such, it is such, I'll never understand the secondary school men must not, like, must have clean shaven. I can understand why maybe you wouldn't, you wouldn't want people turning up to school with, like, bright purple hair if you're a yeah. uniformed school or whatever. But, like, it's just so unreasonable. Yeah. And it's, to me, it has always felt like it, that kind of, no, you can't, especially when you're like 18 and you want to do Movember. And yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah, you yeah, can't. exactly. Ugh, I mean, I won't spend much time. No, nah, no, nah. but I know what you, but yeah. I, I mean, just quickly speaking on that, I mean, my school motto was, um, was it, is it something about creating men for life? Yeah. Right. But it's like, we can't have facial hair or we can't aesthetically do what we want to do. And it's like, how, how are you, how you're, you're trying to make us men, but then we have to then leave school and figure out how to do all that for ourselves. There was a lot of that in high school. And I think that a lot of that is mixed in with like the poor standards of mental health support, all, yeah. all that kind of, it's, it's yeah. the, the learn maths and physics, but don't teach them the basic skills yeah. of life and what's yeah. acceptable stuff. Taxes? What yeah. are taxes? What are taxes? <laughs> uh, to be honest, I don't really remember when... I like facial hair started probably in like last couple of years of secondary school. Mm. I imagine, I don't think it was like any earlier than that, probably quite late. And then through, I guess, university, I mean, people who know Matt and I will, will know Matt probably has a more strong pelt on his face. <laughs> I, these days like have almost always have facial hair, but, but I mean, there's a massive range. Like there are still some people that some guys that are you know mid-20s now that i still know they don't they don't like, they just don't no. and then there's some people that i knew for a long time who were in that camp and then they're just one year and 22 23 all of a sudden boom like mm. that but everyone's different everyone's different yeah, everyone's it, and i'm sure so, there are some yeah. people that just like being clean clean shaven, oh, for sure you know? for sure i mean well i think that comes down to how you want to present yourself exactly in, in everyday life you know exactly whether you want to be having to 
Because I mean, the thing is with with having facial hair, I mean, you kind of you got to maintain it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think with my like my beard and stuff, like I'll be doing you know oils, like you know I put I put my beard balm in this morning, kind of thing. Got to keep that thing moisturized. But um, I think you know, obviously, some people is the maintenance of actually having to shave your face. Yeah. But they obviously are willing to do that because they like the outcome of. Yeah going into society and yeah. not having anything on their face yeah but it, it is it's, it's it's interesting whether that's the way that they like that or they don't like what does come up so yeah. they'd rather it be clean it's like people yeah. that shave their head you know with receding hairlines or yeah. something they'd rather just shave it all off than rather yeah. have a receding hairline but people do uh, men look so different though like if, if i took all your facial hair off right now yeah. i'm sure i would go like oh, uh. have to adjust <laughs> and one of the things i've realized is is my dad like has had a mustache my entire life Yo. <laughs> like he he through winter like we grew lockdown beards together sometimes he'll have you know super clean shaved face but but if he if he walked up the back garden mm. path now mm-hmm. and had nothing on his face oh. it would shock me yeah hard. and people's def- people's defaults <laughs> are just in in different areas right like i have friends that if they clean shit i wouldn't know who they were mm. and of course then that leads probably if i think that about them they must also think well yeah. if i change this people will look at me completely differently and i think what you said before about you know what your default is mm. is because we get quite comfortable with that which is perfectly, perfectly fine, fine. And, and we make small adjustments in different directions slightly longer in lockdown or take it off a little bit if it's mm. summer or i mean i'm certainly at the point now where i almost always have facial hair the only reasons i'll shave it will be if i often when i get sick mm-hmm. and if i feel like my skin is you know bit, yeah, bit gross I, yeah and i just want to take it off to actually just feel clean to Revitalize. take it up. but probably that only happens like once every six months mm-hmm. whereas i feel like a few years ago i used to really like I would, I think because now my beard's at a better place where it doesn't feel so bad to mm-hmm. like the, the even, even coverage, but I got a hand, so I have known some people that just full on rock the mow the yeah. full year round and that, that look works for them because that's what becomes their default and that's how you, how you know them. Um, but to, to bring it back around to the Movember Foundation, I think it's, it's, it shows real progress that for like 10 years ago, come November, it would have been like, oh, Mo, he's doing Movember. Mm-hmm. Now you just wouldn't know. Yeah. Which is, I think, it shows progress and that it has really normalized something that in the past would probably be considered like a really bold choice and, and quite demonized, I think. And in the past, people have seen mustaches as like a really a bad look for people. Yeah. But look, yeah. I mean, how far we've come. No, how far we've come. Well, I, I, I think another thing for me is, I mean, growing up... A, a, gr- liking Moe's wasn't always a thing yeah but i feel like you know obviously trying to get it back into pop culture and mustaches and things i remember growing up and all you'd see would be like cd mustaches yeah you know actually i'm sorry not saying that you know mustaches are cd but you know i think if you're picturing a mustache after me saying that you know what i mean um or it being on like villains or yeah. you know things yeah. like that so there was that kind of um oh, certain stigma behind yeah. what a mustache can or look you know yeah. look like but yeah, now you see some. They're like, man, that's just glorious. Yeah, 
Glorious. You know, I, I, I've always wanted to be able to like, you know, properly curl my yeah. moustache. Yeah. I've grown it to a point before, but I'm so envious of people that just have full on moustaches that curl and just, have you, have you seen the, um, like the beard competitions yeah. overseas Yeah, and they're stuff? crazy. And the, oh, it's so cool. But that's craftsmanship. That <laughs> craftsmanship. Takes, that takes oh, years of, yep. of proper maintenance yep. and all, and all that kind of stuff. It's a long Movember. Yeah. A long Movember. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess there's other points of of visual and aesthetic that have nothing to do with facial hair. No. Um, obviously, one of the, the key things that that goes into what your how you are and how you display yourself, uh, not just for for men. Obviously, facial hair tends to be a male thing, mm-hmm. not always. Um, but something that kind of un- unites everyone is, I guess, clothing and 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 fashion and and how we dress ourselves and i know i've wanted to ask you for a long time about and to compare our sort of wardrobes and Mm -hmm. our clothing journey because you as someone that has worked in retail for such a long time i think your relationship with with clothes and feeling good and making new purchases is is probably just completely i for a fact i know it is completely different (laughs) to me um i guess how would you describe your your wardrobe now and like how you feel about clothing and the part that it plays in who you are as a person and how you present yourself to like the world yeah. and all of that sort of yeah, bubbly yeah, yeah. stuff my i mean to start off my journey with clothes i remember growing up it was just i didn't really i mean i, I didn't really care i really didn't um like me and mum would go shopping and things like that but i never wanted to be there i remember that the one thing i hated doing was going and buying pants mm. with mum and grandma you know, <laughs> all of us just going out and I have to buy pants. And I absolutely dreaded it. Um, and then, yeah. And then I started working in retail and it just got way easier. I feel like when you, when you're in an environment surrounded by it all the time, it's easy to pick up on so many little things and find what works and what doesn't, you mm-hmm. know, uh, w- working in retail, I see guys come in so often, get overwhelmed and then leave. I hate it, shopping. Yeah. Like I, I'm they in that bubble. Can, yeah. Like I can't, I I'll be stressed to make a decision and then be scared of making the wrong decision. Mm. So I make no decision. Yeah. Hard. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's why I, I, one of the things I like working in retail is because I can be that person there that for, for me, I've always said, and I tell this to my customers as well. It's like, I'm not here to take your money. I'm here to help. And if that results in me taking your money at the end, great. Perfect. But it's, I want people to come in and feel comfortable if they don't want anything and they don't buy anything fine they don't buy anything but if someone comes in and gives me their full attention and just trust in me just being like look this is what i think could really work on you um but it's also a conversation with them as well i mean like guys do come in and they're like yep i like this i like this and it's just this conversation of like okay well how can we make this work going forward and stuff but i think it, it my my journey with clothes has also come along with how I feel about my body mm. in itself as well. Because I mean, the clothes that we put on is obviously covering up what's underneath. Right. Yeah. And for me, I've not always enjoyed what's underneath. Mm. So I like finding new clothes and finding things that just make me feel a lot more confident in myself. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, lately I've been wearing some things that are a little bit more slimming. And I'm not as self-conscious as what I once was about what that's doing with my body in regards Mm. to those clothes and things. So 
it's it's definitely changed i mean i remember i used to be baggy for quite a long time and do that look and i know that that looks definitely coming back and people are jumping into that but i'm more in the kind of like slim toned um layered i like layered looks as well you know like today i walked in with a t-shirt with a over corduroy overshirt over top i like layering up and, and giving those different dimensions but yeah i mean clothes uh, you know one of the big things i've found about working in retail is that clothes don't make the man mm. you know the man makes the clothes mm. um and so you know my advice to people is like don't wear anything that's going to be bigger than you you know because otherwise it's you it's just gonna outshine you for me i'm always a big person you know i've always worn big prints and big things yeah. that's because that's me right yeah. like i i like to embody that and then you have people that are just like nice plain simple tone colors but that's because who they are and that's what works for them, you know? So there's no right or wrong way. I mean, <laughs> I say that, but there's definitely a wrong way of wearing clothes. We've all seen it. But yeah, I think my journey is, has forever changed. But I think I'm thankful for where I am in my journey now is that I'm a lot more comfortable with my own body image underneath the clothes. It's not perfect. And I have a lot to work on for myself and my aims and goals. But I'm coming to terms with, how I am underneath and how I can then express those quotes on top. For sure. I think that's uh, those two are uh, interlinked and, and let's come back to the, the, the body underneath stuff. And, mm. but, um, but I think you're so right. That's so, it all comes back to that fundamental thing of like, how do you feel about yourself? Yeah. And I think there can be a real trap with people of, of, only feeling like new clothes or things can make all the difference mm. then there's the other end of the spectrum where some people can put all their effort into like their body and, and put nothing into clothing clothes, yeah. um i think my relationship with clothing has kind of settled into a, a spot over the last three years i mm-hmm. think growing up i never felt particularly um like i had a I didn't have a strong relationship with clothing. I, yeah. I went to a uniform school for a long time, like eight years. So I think coming out of that first year of uni, I was a bit like, oh, what do I do now? What do I, what do I wear? <laughs> um, clothes has never really been something that I've spent a lot of money on. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's a a choice made actively, or at least it wasn't at the start. I think now it is more of an active choice of not feeling like i need to spend money on stuff mm. i spend money on clothes yeah, yeah. I, I have made purchases um but honestly man at, at the moment like the the bulk of my wardrobe i've had for at least three years um if i think of like pants this year has been such a bad year for pants <laughs> i've ripped like three pairs oh, of different no. pants and i'm happy to say like i I asked my mum to see if she can patch them because yeah. I, I get attached to those clothes. I yeah, really oh, yeah, like yeah, them. Of I don't want to update them. No. Um, in terms of pants, like I think the last, I, I bought a pair of jeans at the end of last year. That's the last pair of pants that I bought. The rest of them are all <laughs> before that. Um, tops wise, I, I did an AS color by like six nice. months ago Good. and just up- updated all my tops. Mm-hmm. But like the t-shirt I'm wearing at the moment, as an ASOS 2015 number, like <laughs> it's not that I don't care. I think I'm just trying to really control when I want to make an effort and when I don't. For sure. And I think the big thing for me is, as I'll wake up on any given day and decide like, 
where am I at today with clothes? Mm. Like, does it matter to me or does it not? And while I think, I think what I've figured out is, is the clothes I need to wear to feel right for a certain situation. And so during lockdown, when there were days where I was like, you need to get up and you need to be productive. I made sure that I wore a pair of pants. Mm -hmm. I made sure that I had shoes on in the house and uh, some kind of t-shirt or top on top that I felt like I could be productive in. But then there are some days where I just put on the same six pound pair of JD sports tights that I wore for 18 months in Bristol that are so old, but I'm like, I'm comfortable I'm in comfy. these. Yeah, I, have, I have almost like a nostalgic relationship with them. And when I put them on, it takes me back to that headspace in that yeah. period of time being around those people. And it, and it can make me feel differently. Um, the few big clothing purchases I've made have always been like a few winter jackets. Mm-hmm. And I think 2019, I only bought two winter jackets. I made no clothing purchases. And I was so proud wow. of that. Cause I was like, you know what? I have saved I have genuinely saved myself money and yeah. also in terms of the, the environment of oh, new, totally. new clothes stuff, definitely these days encourage, you know, secondhand shopping where you can or if you pass on, you know, not throwing clothes out, passing them passing on to on. other people, yep. reuse, re- recycle, climate change, all that good stuff. Um, I did buy a corduroy maroon jacket about good jacket. four or five months ago and yep. I love it. It's and I've so gone, good. I can wear whatever else I want. Yep. So long as I put that on, I, it still feels like a a new purchase but i think as a whole i've just become more comfortable like today i'm wearing really old nike trainers that are my running shoes and a pair of chinos four years ago i would have looked at myself and gone like you can't wear that man that combo <laughs> like now i'm like stuff it like, yeah i, I don't care what bad what yeah, anyone I thinks i have this like i said this old asos t-shirt on i'm like you know what i'm not going out to if i was going out to dinner i'd put something oh, on if i'm going out for coffee mm-hmm. if i'm going to town that's a different thing mm-hmm. but i think becoming comfortable with uh both what my style is which is very much what you said of yep. the simple plain tees figuring that out and then figuring out the the varying kind of checkpoints of meeting other people night yep. out at home like I, I don't really like wearing fat pants and hoodies at home during the day because it actually makes me feel too in the too yeah i get you. relaxed yeah. atmosphere like i have a, an old gray hoodie that i'll only wear in the evening or at the weekends mm-hmm. i won't let myself wear it during the day because i just feel not not yeah. nice enough but yeah. i guess i feel a lot more positive about my relationship with clothes than i did probably three years ago and like before that and I think we sit at very different ends of the spectrum in terms of how we relate to clothes, but mm. I think we have a similar understanding of of how we feel about, about fashion yep. and how that then lends towards feeling positive about ourselves, getting dressed, going out into the world, how we present ourselves, yeah. if that makes Hi. sense. Oh, totally. And, and I mean, for, for me, clothes always comes down to those three things. It's like fashion, style, and then um, being comfortable, mm. you know, because I mean, f- fashion's fashion. And I say this all the time to customers that come and say, fashion's fashion. It is what it is, you know. But for me, it really comes down to style. Like, what do you like wearing? What do you feel good in? And then what's comfortable? Like, those style and comfort are the two big things for me. And I, I, I'm quite opposite in the sense of viewers. When I'm at home, I want to be in fat pants and a hoodie, mm. you know, because it's so far away from what I wear to work yep. and what I wear outside that when I'm at home in my bubble, I'm like, nah, <laughs> I'm slugging around, you know. Um, but I, I, one thing I, I did want to ask in the sense of, 
you know, how these clothes make, make us feel is, I mean, how do you feel in a suit? I, I so don't suck me in here. Don't oh. take my money. I need to buy a new suit. Okay. I'm at the point now where I feel the last suit that I bought, it's not that it doesn't fit me anymore. Mm. It feels like I've moved on from it. Yep, yep, yep. So when you ask me how I feel in a suit recently, I don't feel like I felt as good as I could have. Good. Yeah. But in a suit that I feel is well fitting and and I f- and I'm happy with, yeah, I really really enjoy. Yeah, I love that feeling. Yeah. of of feeling dressed up and big on a big on a blazer and but it has to fit you right. Of course, because of the sh- I've had experiences in the past where the shirt has been slightly too big. At the moment, the the main thing is that my blazer is slightly too small mm-hmm. and it doesn't fit me in the way it should. But the feeling of being sort of suited up. Yeah. I really enjoy, I really enjoy that feeling. Yeah. But I think, you know, if you're not a hundred percent comfortable and you can never sell yourself oh, nah, on that. For sure. Nah, for sure. No, I just wanted to ask because it's, it's how funny is it that when, when we put on a suit, we feel almost at the top of the world Yeah, for people that aren't going to work exactly. every day and in that, a suit. That's you know what thing. I mean? I think for us, like uh, for me, the, coolest ever going to like awards or something like that like a, a, a you know the opening of a show or something you really like dress up and it's an amazing feeling but uh, quite a contrast to people that are waking up every day and putting on a suit and going to work but I remember a social um, experiment I saw once uh, I can't remember what it was quite for but there were people on the streets just with like pamphlets and stuff and so they did one where the person was in a full suit and people were walking past and like quite happily like accepting the pamphlets like really open and warm and then they did same person went out there and just like chill casual clothes and no one wanted a bar of them yeah you know so it's i ask how you feel in a suit because a suit is a very powerful thing like Mm. it is there's you know there's so much behind a suit and what it can do in a social standings and and form and and fit and stuff i mean don't get me wrong you're so right if a suit isn't comfortable then get it off me. Yeah. You know, I, I'm exactly the same. I don't like wearing a suit if I if I have to, but when I want to, I feel like on top of the world. Yeah. And a suit does that, which is a, a, a weird thing. Yeah, it's crazy to think that there are people who have would have had good relationships with sort of formal pants and jackets and stuff, mm. and that just falls off a cliff because Monday to Friday, you're going to work on yeah. the same thing. And I remember there was a time where I think the collective male consciousness as we go oh imagine wearing that to work every day yeah, yeah, yeah. and then quite quickly you realize no no, no. no. that's incredibly <laughs> uncomfortable yeah. you'll wear through the pants quickly or um yeah i i still in a happy sense like that aesthetic and that if i put on a suit right now and had an event to go to mm. yeah you feel i would feel that yeah. that sort of positive vibe of and i also think because it is so it kind of covers up everything. Like yeah. coming back to what you were saying before, one thing that I really struggle with is buying shorts. Mm. We've gone to summer. Well, we're heading there now. I need to buy a new pair of shorts. And when I go into a shop and I put shorts on, I never think they look good on look me. Good. Whereas I can go and buy pants. Yeah. And I imagine this is common. People don't like their calves. A yeah. lot of people. <laughs> um, and I think that's one of the few parts of my body that I'm still not a hundred percent I'm not waking up every morning going, man, I wish my calves calves. But I think it's true when you look in the mirror, it's buying shorts is one of the things where I go, hmm, it doesn't look as great as I hoped it would. 
to be honest, like to come back to all the stuff underneath, I'm pretty happy with, I'm pretty understanding of my own body Mm. now. Um, I don't think my body at the moment is like peak where it's ever been of my life. 2017 was the year folks. Yo. (laughs) Um, I just, I like went to the gym a lot and, and I was working on a job where I had a lot of time to spend effort on that. And I was also spending effort on that in a way that was really positive for me. Mm. Uh, I, was my escape from work was going to the gym and I had good space around that and developing my body. And, and the last few years has been very different. Like when I went to, to drama school, what I realized really quickly is weightlifting, freelifting, that sort of stuff is really damaging for a performer's body. That kind of, uh, strain on your muscles, that development doesn't sort of move towards, movement and and being able to you know dance and work around the stage and be flexible that you know so i went way more towards the kind of yoga side of things Mm. and now i'm much more on that um yoga boxing running type stuff don't get me wrong if you said to me right now like for free you can just add on some of the the muscle that you had in 2017 i definitely take it but i don't feel self-conscious about that yeah, yeah, yeah. and i don't feel self-conscious looking back and knowing that my body can look like that mm. i just know that i don't have the time or the desire really to go back to city fitness and put in all those months of work because yeah. i know what it takes and i know that if you don't keep it up uh, you know drop drop back off yeah um but yeah i think i've settled into a place where i'm i'm quite happy with where my body is doesn't mean i wouldn't like to do a few things but i think that's healthy yeah um how, how do you feel about that sort of yeah thing? The, exactly that i mean i think the good thing about with movember with us running 60ks this month must admit i'm a little bit behind i'm gonna catch up don't worry i've got a few weeks um but it's it's me just getting out there and knowing that i'm doing this for myself yeah which is a great thing but also doing it for other people as well and for me, I've always had a really difficult relationship with my body in the sense of the gym and stuff. Like mm. my peak would have been 2011, 12, you know, take me back to my year 11, 12 body. That metabolism, bro. Yeah, Ooh. it was, it was, it was fit, you know, and I, I know that I'm, you know, <laughs> not bad now. You're looking you know? trim, bro. When I, I saw you on Saturday, <laughs> I walked into the pub and I went, damn, that's looking good. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and so I'm very, I'm very, com- yeah, I'm very comfortable with where I am now. I'm still very self-conscious. Like I've got quite a big chest, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like when I wear slimmer things, my chest is a bit more prominent and I definitely hold weight around the middle. Like my legs and arms, perfect, fine, happy with them. You know, it's just this middle stuff that mm-hmm. is, is where I've, I find it really hard. Um, but I think getting out this month and running and knowing that there's other people running, you know, you keep on talking about boxing and stuff. It's just, it's slowly motivating me to want to get to that point for the self-care that I'm trying to do in myself. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm still just really trying to drive the motivation in my own head yeah. to keep up with it. Yeah. You know, I don't want to have to get to the end of November and be like, sweet running, so I'm not going to run anymore. Yeah. You know, I know that I have to just keep on going with that. Um, so I think that's, that's what I'm trying to deal with this month is actually get into the mind space of, look, this is going to be really good for you. You've done it before and you know the payoff. Yeah. So just do it. And I think there has to be at least 
five percent enjoyment yeah. in what you're doing yeah i think that's the thing about people who go to the gym really frequently is you do get a love of mm. of the mental strain and the physical strain and the sort of the you go into your own world when you have mm. your headphones on and you're 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 taken away from what everyone else is doing it's the same with people that go on long runs whether it's by yourself or someone else or big cycles you kind of go out into nature and do the thing yeah for me what i'm enjoying about boxing is the as the the gamesmanship of it like the 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 craft and the mm. the back mm. and forth of it like there's an element of a sport that i've never experienced before and that's the primary reason why i enjoy it and i go i know this is helping me with with cardio and yeah. fitness and but it's an escape for me like when i first went to the gym i hated it <laughs> Over time, you 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 build up your strength. You put on muscle mass. There's certain exercises where you build a relationship with you. Like, yeah, 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 I can't I wait can to do, do a deadlift yeah, thing. Yeah, but like, yeah. I, I hate squats. You know that, that kind back of day. thing. But <laughs> I've even found this month, man. Like we've done, I've done five five k runs, and how I feel about running has already changed. And we're going for a run tonight, and I can't wait. Yeah, we it are. doesn't mean I'm gonna like love it. No, but how I feel about it is different than two weeks ago yep. because i've developed a an understanding of yeah this is going to be positive for mental space and i enjoy that time out and the fresh air and and yeah you're right it can't just be about i'm going to do this because it will achieve this for me physically yeah. there has yeah. to be something else of in course. the middle there i mean that's why i'm a sport because it's so fun oh, but I'm, it also does so much great stuff for for um your fitness and all that kind yeah. of you know oh for sure for sure and I, I i you talking before about the whole like you know the effort you've got to put in in order to sustain it you yeah. know once you get it you need to keep it going makes me think of um all of the the marvel people mm. that work out and do the thing was it camille nanjiani who's in the eternals have you you know camille is it camille Kamal, Kamal, Kamal Nanjiani. Who? What? What character is oh, he play? I, I can't remember. I can't think of. He's in the new Eternals movie, and he's. But he before that he was like really well known for his comedy. But he was like he was quite big and he was pudgy. Oh, pudgy. Yes. Is that yeah. the right? I said a word. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, use Pudgy. Pudgy's a good yeah. word. And so now he's doing the, he's done the Eternals, right? And they put him onto the Marvel workout schedule. That's the one thing he said. He's like oh, I know how hard it is to get to this point now. Like, I'm not letting it go. Yeah. Like, I, I have to keep working because if yeah. I lose it, I'm never getting it back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's amazing how, like we were saying, with facial care and stuff like that, what some celebrities and some artists will go for full body transformations to yeah. go and get those roles. It would be such a fascinating test to be like, if I paid you right now, mm. you don't have to do anything for six months. I'll pay you good money to either massively like, I want you to lose 20 kgs or I want you to put on 15 kgs. Like mm. would both you and I have the mental fortitude to do that? Like, would we have the physical fortitude? Mm. Like, because I think a lot of the, the, the workout stuff is to do with t time, like yeah. time oh, exactly. and, and money, yeah. like yeah. for gym membership stuff yeah. and, and classes. It takes up, finance and it takes a lot of time like you have to put in you know hours per week and the transport time back and forth and how that affects your cooking let yeah. alone if you're in a relationship True. and that changes all that sort of stuff like how you feel about consuming alcohol and fast food and all that kind of stuff it's a full shake-up it's 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 everything that goes into that it's yeah. so much more than just 
oh can i lift this like dumbbell and <laughs> yep. enough times to get me to the point um and i think it's healthy to have a changing relationship with that kind of stuff yeah like for me um in school a lot of sport but no real size then when i was working full-time hospitality i wasn't doing sport but i decided to commit to the to the gym and mm. really really had enjoyment in that then a few years later it was it was abandoned that for other reasons and i think being being flexible and being flux and what works for you in all these senses and fitness and fashion and facial hair and that means that you can look back a couple of years ago like you know facebook's always doing the three years ago <laughs> yeah, this five true. years ago this <laughs> it's so much healthier to be able to go oh yeah because i was doing different stuff then and mm. i was at a different stage in my life then rather than being like oh i look like this then i mean literally today i got an email from whoever took the photos for round the bays it must be a company that's called like marathon photos yeah and it was like for seven dollars 95 you can have the photos of you doing round the bays in 2017 (laughs) and i looked at them and i'm like i ran a really good time i was at peak (laughs) fitness then why would I want to buy those yeah, photos? Yeah. Like I'm not that person anymore. It's not like I won round the bays or anything. True. Like, it was a pretty decent time, but I don't want, I, I don't need that. I'm a different person now, you know, marketing at the core. I know. So they didn't get my $7, $7.95. <laughs> um, another thing to, to quickly touch on is I, I guess hair, like haircuts is another thing. Oh, I yeah. think for me, we, I feel so good after a haircut. Same. I love haircuts. Same. And yet I've never managed to convince myself to get them more often. They're always, barbers will always say like, like four, four to six weeks, yep. but really should come in every four weeks. And I just, I never do just it as frequently it. Yeah, as I, sh- yeah, yeah. I should have. And I know how good I feel if I go yeah. and get a haircut. And I just still, how often do you, you get your haircut? Well, I've had two haircuts in three weeks. But that's, that's, yeah, oh yeah, I know, luxury. But that's just because I wanted to have a fresh cut coming down yeah. to Wellington. True. So I had a I had a fresh one a few weeks ago yeah. and I absolutely loved it. So I went to the barber on Friday and I was like, hey, can I have exactly the same haircut I got a few weeks ago? She was like, yeah, of course, I got you. And so she was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do the same. I'll just blend it into what you've got now. I won't take anything off the top. So she just did the, did the sides full, like, you know, hot towel to the neck with, um, with, the what's the razor, the, just a the, razor, a razor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a cutthroat. Oh, right. A cutthroat razor. Right. There. So I was trying to get to the, the, <laughs> that side of it. Um, but there's, there's nothing, there's nothing I love more than at the end of the haircut being offered a hot towel. Yeah. And they're just popping that hot towel over a fresh new cut. Mm. So something, this is, this is simple things, but I do feel so much more confident when I have a tidy beard, no neck beard and just a, a nice fade of some sort up yeah. top or just a nice haircut. Like I'd feel very confident and that's good. And you just giving that to yourself every so often makes a difference. Like it's not like you're going to go and get a haircut every single day. I think no. that's important to not rely on that to feel good. It yeah. can't be like, I don't feel good unless I've had a haircut. Mm. It's it's just every so often giving yourself that extra little boost and being like, yeah, I'm going to invest $35 in myself for yeah. the, the case of the corduroy jacket. The case of the corduroy. Mm. It sounds like a Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. It? In the case of the corduroy jacket, it was probably like a $150 investment that has paid back so massive dividends off. for yeah. my own personal like how I feel about myself 
there have been a few times in the last couple of weeks where I've worn it for the first time that people have seen it and they go, oh, oh. that's a nice jacket. Mm. And I'll go, thank you. I know you're complimenting the jacket, but what you're also complimenting is how it fits me. Yeah. And they haven't said to me like, damn man, like you're looking sexy as hell. <laughs> but, but it, that, I'm not saying that's what I hear, no. but it's part of the positive affirmation of, of just being being told something oh, nice about yourself. Oh, of course. I'm like that with my clothes all the time. I mean, I I know that people think that I'm a well-dressed guy. You are. And and obviously comes with working in retail. I was going to say before, working in retail is a gift and a curse. It's a gift and a curse because obviously sweet discounts, you get good clothes. But it's a curse on the other side of it is my wardrobe's forever growing. I'm always getting new stuff. And I feel like I'm not doing my part in the sense of the secondhand and environment mm. and all mm. of that kind of stuff. Like I do like new clothes. Um, I did a very big shop before coming down here <laughs> with all, all of this new stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it's it, it's been such a journey journey with clothes. It's mm. it's it's weird, and I know it'll change. I'm not going to be in retail forever, and I think as soon as I leave retail then I'm going to have a whole nother journey with clothes once again. Like I'll be, you know, having to pay full price. And I I know. You poor thing. And, you know, will I continue continue going to the same places or like go somewhere new, start going secondhand? So I know that as soon as I stop working in retail, not that my style will change. I think it will just be the way I go about getting new clothes will definitely change for sure. As as we continue to develop as we get older, all that stuff changes. I think a big thing for me at the moment is I'm constantly aware of what happens if I get an audition tomorrow that I need to look a certain way for, which is part of why I don't shave that often. It's a part of why I won't like go and get a significant haircut. Mm. You know, for summer I've really been thinking, man, I'd like to go quite short, not the buzz cut, but just on top, actually get some, get some more, wind blowing through yep. my top bristles um but i'm also aware of the the reality of the situation is it's mm. easier to take stuff off than it is to put yep. stuff on i so can true. always shave my face for an audition tomorrow i can always give things a trim and that's just the nature of the situation at the moment and i think as we get different jobs and we have more or less disposable income mm. the, the seasons obviously pay a massive massive part of things being able to be flexible with that kind of stuff is is really positive for mental health stuff. And yeah. I think that that is exactly where the heart of Movember is with the moustache thing. It's you don't have to keep it after November. No. It's not, it's you and I aren't even doing the moustache growing, but no. we, we're super aware of, of how those aesthetic conversations lead into the, the mental health stuff. And I yeah. think that's beautiful. That move for Movember is a thing now because the moustache thing has gone to a point where it's not that radical to grow one. I'm <laughs> yeah, not yeah. saying it's not effective and they should throw that out anymore, but we've, we've kind of developed that one thing. Cool. Let's do what's the next Another thing. Because we've, we've had such positive change in one area and yeah. now we'll open it up to yeah. something else. Well, I think it's just, it's, it's self care to another degree, yeah. you know, with putting on a mustache, it's, it's like you said, it's very much a, a big change, a big shift, you know, aesthetically it does change so much, but then also the self care in the sense of maintaining that, you know, and making sure that you, uh, looking after your top lip um, and then it's the same with exercise it's self-care once again getting a haircut it's self-care mm. it all comes down to self-care and doing the simple little things 
is actually really good for us. Yeah. And makes us feel amazing. And I know for me, running, even though I haven't done as much as what I've wanted to these past two weeks, has actually been really nice to do again. So I'm looking very forward to our run this afternoon. Later on, yeah. <laughs> T minus probably three hours will be, oh. we'll be hitting the concrete slabs. It's meant to rain, so I'm a bit worried oh. about that. But I, I think we're in a really good place with Movember. Obviously, there's room for growth, but I, I remember in 2017, like doing a big, I was really frustrated because the the dialogue around Movember back then was kind of, I don't know if it was tall poppy, but picking holes in people's Movember experience. Yeah. Oh, I remember people yeah. being like, Oh well, you're not. You're meant to start from scratch and yeah. grow a mo. That you're was not, me last you're year. not meant to yeah. just have a mo for the month. And people being like, "Well, you haven't done it this way, or you haven't done it that way." And I remember doing a big post about being like, "This, this isn't the point. The point yeah, is is engaging in this dialogue yep. in some way. Yep. Whether you go baby faced and grow a mo over the month, whether that's a, a bountiful mo, whether it's a sad few whiskers, like that's doing your part. Whether you decide I'm just going to have a moustache, like shave my beard and have a moustache for the whole month, that's taking part. People like you and me this year who haven't done that at all, but are mm. clearly trying to make such a big effort to have these conversations with each other and with other people and, and bringing awareness. It's all about like the part that you can bring to the conversation and the mo is very much symbolic. It's still a, a, a literal thing that people can do. Yeah. But we're trying to make it like a wider conversation. And I think I think as a whole, we are succeeding. And yeah. especially in New Zealand, I think as such a place in this country, um, in this month, I'm there's so much change to be brought about. But I, I'm really positive with how I think Movember has developed over the last few years and where it's continuing to move towards. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I mean, that's, that's the thing we said last week is like, it will be a conversation that we will be having for a very long time yeah you know forever it will, it, will, it will always be here but it's 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 having them it's having them and going with the wind going with the wind well you're in wellington so you're definitely i am i am definitely you'll be going the with wind. the wind yeah. tonight while we're pouting around oriental bay and you'll be saying why am i doing this here um let's leave it there for this week man yeah. it's such a nice nice change to have you here talking in person as i observe your beard and your your mm. strong t-shirt and your mm. your nice pants in the corduroy uh, before ooh. beautiful to have you here in front of me while we talk about aesthetic and i got to stare at you firsthand <laughs> not through the screen while we chatted um thank you so much for being here today man and mm. and thank i look you. forward to our last episode next week coming yep. up mm-hmm. and for everyone else out there thank you for so much for listening And I guess we'll see you next time. Peace! Gollum has an unhealthy obsession about some bit of jewellery. Doesn't even know this is what the precious is. Stupid therapist. Cookie Monster's a bit of a stress eater. Cookie, cookie, cookie! And homicidal robots really just want their best friend back. I know I did and said things that she regrets, but why is that my problem? But what all these monsters really need is therapy. The podcast Therapy for Monsters finally puts monsters in a therapy chair with a real therapist. Me, Tim, your friendly neighborhood therapist. If you'd like to learn a bit and laugh a bit, check out Therapy for Monsters on your favorite podcast app. Uh, That's Not Kind of Productions podcast.